0: Good morning, DCN. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. The reason I say this over and over and over again is that this will be engraved in your hearts, that every day that you wake up, you'll say, this is the day the Lord has made. And what's my job? My job is to rejoice in him. My job is to rest in him, and also my job is to work really hard. If you are a student, study hard. If you are a worker, work hard. Whatever you do, if you have a business, business hard. You know, whatever you do, go for it, for the glory of his name and his fame, uh, because he has given us life, and it's a wondrous thing. It's good to be together in the house of the Lord. I didn't get the memo um, My friend Rick and Monique are wearing their jerseys and things like that. I didn't get the memo. If you find uh, a suitable uh, priestly uh, Pats jersey, please let me know. (laughs) I'll I'll go buy one. (laughs) I'll go buy one. Uh, But obviously, the Pats are playing today. They're playing against uh, the Eagles. And uh, last week at prayer meeting, one of our dear ladies prayed for the Patriots. And she also prayed for the Eagles. Um, and uh, it's going to be a good time, uh, win or lose. Uh, God God is still on the throne, okay? Don't, don't get too depressed, okay? God is still on the throne. He's not surprised, but obviously we do want the past to win, okay? <laughs> All right. Well, turn with me in your Bibles this morning to Hebrews chapter 11. We were parked here last week, and we will go back one more time. Hebrews chapter 11. Verse 24 to 27 is our passage for today. And I would love for you to find it in your Bibles. And if you are using the Bibles that are provided for you, it's on page 1,192. 1,192. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 is actually known uh, as uh, the chapter of what? Faith. Faith. Okay. Faith is what? I heard an acronym Faith is uh, forsaking all. I trust Him. If that helps you, use it. Faith, we know, uh, that comes through uh, having our belief, our trust in the Almighty God, who allows us to have faith. It's not a very easy concept to understand, but we'll dive more into it as we as we uh, go ahead today together. If you have found it, please say Christ likeness. Amen. Please rise with me if you're able as I read God's word this morning. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 24 to 27. By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a short time. He regarded disgrace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt, because he was looking ahead to his reward. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You may have a seat. Bless you. Father God, we come into your presence once again, expecting to hear from you. Your word is true. And though we are fallible, weak people, by your spirit and by your blood, we come boldly to the throne of grace this morning, asking you to reveal yourself to us, for what we need is a revelation of God this morning. And we ask you to revive us once again. Breathe hope into our hearts. Breathe life into us. And help us to know that we are loved. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All In is the series that we're going through. And today is part two. Last week, All In, Faith That Refuses. And if you missed it, please uh, go online and find it. Um, Thank you to our production team for making those masterpieces. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And you realize I I move around a lot and uh, our production team does a lot because they spend about four hours of their time editing all my movements, (laughs) switching cameras. And they're going to be loving me for this right now uh, as I move around, you know, (laughs) but they do a real good job. And we praise God because the, the videos are being distributed and watched all over the world. Our ministry is not just in Danvers alone. God is using our ministry to serve the kingdom of God together, and it's a wonderful thing. Last week, we uh, learned about that faith that refuses is a gateway towards an all-in lifestyle, all-in. I was talking to um, Alex this week, And Alex was telling me about the the Olympics that are coming up soon. Uh, By the way, it's in Pyeongchang, my my home country, and it's coming up, uh, is it in a couple of weeks or a couple of days? February 8th. February 8th, okay, a couple of days. And um, Alex was telling me about the Olympians, and I I just heard him uh, talk about how they train, how they vigorously put themselves under training. For what? Why do they train? to win, right, to win a, a medal, to, to win honor, uh, even fame, uh, but to win, and they will go through very vigorous training. Uh, I don't have an Olympian friend, uh, but I, I've seen that they um, take control of their, their diet, their sleep, and they are very regimented in how they work out, and some athletes in this room know that, that, you know, you, you could do 10 push-ups A month before, but if you keep at it, you could do 20 push-ups, you know, a month after. And it's that kind of focus, being all in towards that reward. And as believers in Jesus Christ, we are called to live an all-in lifestyle for God, for his glory, because there is no other way, really. I've tried living a half-hearted life towards God and a half-hearted life towards the world, and it doesn't work out, trust me. It doesn't work. Your character will be split in two and you you might be recognized as a bipolar person because on Sundays, you look so holy. You raise your hands like this or like this or like this and people look at you and oh, they look at you. Oh, Elijah, he's so holy. And then on Monday morning, you go to work and you, you slack off and you don't do things the right way and you are defiant towards your boss and all of those things. And people just look at you and think, wow, hmm. there's, there's a disconnect. The whole reason for us that we want to be all in is that we want to live an integrated life. We want to live a life of integrity. So I believe something and I do it. If I believe eating organic food is good for me, though it's very expensive, I'll I'll invest in it and I'll do it. If I know that working out is good for me, I'll do it. Please keep me accountable. I can't remember the last time I went to the gym. So if you see me me in the lobby or anywhere else, ask me, Pastor, have you gone to the gym? Because I need to work out. Living an all-in lifestyle is actually wholesome for us. It's good for us. There are many benefits. Because you don't have to choose between this or that. You are focused on the prize. And that prize is the reward that we have. Actually, the reward is already in us. His name is Jesus. He lives in us. He walks with us. He talks to us. He is with us. And I want you to be invited into this lifestyle of being all in. Amen. Today we are going to explore what it means to live an all in lifestyle devoted to God through this title. Everyone follow me, please. Faith. We can do better. Faith that chooses. Faith that chooses. Well, we we know that our life is a continuum of choices. You know, you you woke up this morning and you kind of looked in your closet and I'm sure you have a lot of clothing in your closet and you chose the Pats shirt or you chose the red shirt or I chose this. Well, my wife chose it for me. But nonetheless, I... (laughs) Because I'm half colorblind, you see. So if I dress myself, you'll be seeing not very good things. (laughs) But nonetheless, our life is a continuum of choices, and we want to find out through the life of Moses how, how choices has, has given him the place of being inside the faith chapter of Hebrews 11. And if, if God allows you a position as we move forward into glory inside this hallmark of faith, I want all of your names to be in this. I want us all to be commended for our faith. But how can we have faith if we don't know what it is? So let me go to Hebrews chapter 11, verse one, and explain for you first def- defining what faith is. Hebrews 11, verse one. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Again, now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Some of us have memorized this. Some of us know this. Faith is not wishful thinking. Faith is not just, you know, Oh yeah, one day it's going to happen. No, it's being certain. One writer would say this, that faith is being able to see God in the dark. See, seeing God in the dark takes faith. Do you know that there is a God who loves you this morning? If you do, say amen. Amen. He loves you with an ever lasting love, a limitless love, an abundant love, a love that carries on into eternity. And even if you want to run away from his love, he will pursue you. He will woo you. He will call your name. That kind of love, it's real. And we believe in that God who is real. Can we see him with our physical eyes? No has anyone seen God? But I see God through you. Because all of you have fingerprints of God on you. You have God's DNA, all of you, all of us, me included. And when we interact together, when we fellowship, and when we do life together, we see God's presence being ushered in, as we honor him and worship him. I I love the song we sang this morning, to worship you I live, to worship you I live, I live to worship you. That's the whole reason why we are breathing this morning. He has given us an opportunity to worship him and to worship together is a glorious thing. So faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. It's an assurance of things. Assurance. It's a sure, sure thing. It's proof that God is real. God is real. And in Hebrews 11, verse 6, we read, And without faith, so if you don't have faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. Are we earnestly seeking God this morning? Are we earnestly, what's earnestly? It's it's like that Olympian training hard towards that goal. Under pressure, under stress, they persevere towards that end because God is calling us to earnestly seek him. With what kind of lifestyle? As an all-in kind of lifestyle. God wants us to have faith in him. And it's not generated by our own efforts, you know. I, I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. I'm going to believe. I'm going to have faith. God's grace wraps us and embraces us and gives us a big bear hug. and says, I love you. And then as you are in his presence, in his embrace, you know that, wow, his love is so good. God, you're real. Amen. Thank you. And then, when the heart changes through the word of God and his embrace, when our hearts change, then what follows? Our behavior begins to be transformed. We don't do the sinful things, the hurtful things, the harmful things we did before. We are transformed to become more like who? Jesus, Jesus. Can I tell you about my Jesus? Jesus knows something about faith that refuses and faith that chooses. Why? Because as Larry read this morning in Philippians 2, he did not consider equality with God. And he came down to this earth He lived on this earth 2,000-some years ago. He had skin and bones like us. He ate food. He lived a life. He walked this earth. So he knows your pain. When your family member is going through a tough... He knows that. If you're going through a time of grieving, of loss, Jesus knows that. Jesus knows what it is to go without food. Jesus knows the pains and the hurts and the stresses of life. Jesus knows what it is to be betrayed by someone so close. And yes, Jesus knows what it is to suffer, to disadvantage himself for the advantage of all humankind because he went to the cross, carrying the cross, And the cross was not for good people, it was for bad people. But how can a blameless, pure person be punished so severely? Why? Because he thought of you and me. Because of his love. And it says in Hebrews, For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat at the right hand of the Father. The joy before him. And that's why I always present to you, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice, because as we live an integrated life, a connected life with God, we are connected to God's joy, the joy that cannot be taken away, the joy that cannot be stolen We're able to experience the joy even through the suffering and pain. Now, that's not the end of the story, mind you. Jesus died on the cross, but I've been to Israel, and they tell me, they took me to a tomb, and I saw it with my own eyes. The tomb is empty, because after three days, God resurrects Jesus from the dead. He's alive and well, and he ascended to the Father, and he has sent us the Holy Spirit And now we recognize Jesus in our hearts because the Holy Spirit testifies to Jesus. He is Lord. He is Savior. He has forgiven us. And He is the Redeemer of all things. But what happens when we make bad choices? Has anyone made a bad choice in their life before? Can you just raise your hand and let me know? Because I'm right there with you. If I could raise my two feet, I'd be there with you too. All right, thank you. So many of us, for those who didn't raise your hand, I'm just going to trust that you raised it in your heart. (laughs) What about people that make bad choices? Sinful choices? Well, we find, as we turn to Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2 is where we are going to find Moses. Last week we learned about his, uh, his birth and his uh, you know, uh, going down the Nile and being found by the, uh, the Pharaoh's daughter. Yes, Moses is water boy. Thank you, Mitch. Water boy. But today we find him in verse 11 of chapter 2. You tell me if he made a good choice or a bad choice. Okay, let me read for you. Exodus chapter 2 verse 11 to 15. One day, after Moses had grown up, he went out to where his people were and watched them at their hard labor. He saw an Egyptian, he saw an Egyptian beating a Hebrew, one of his own people. Glancing this way and that and seeing no one He killed the Egyptian and hid him in the sand. The next day, he went out and saw two Hebrews, two of his own people, fighting. He asked the one in the wrong, Why are you hitting your fellow Hebrew? The man said, Who made you ruler and judge over us? It's like saying, How dare you? Are you thinking of killing me as you killed the Egyptian? Then Moses was afraid and thought, what I did must have become known. When Pharaoh heard of this, he tried to kill Moses. But Moses fled from Pharaoh and went to live in Midian, where he sat down by a well. Now, you tell me, did Moses make a good choice or a bad choice? It seems to me that killing a person is a bad choice. How how can God put Moses' name in the hall of fame of faith when he's a murderer? Have you ever thought of that? How can God use people that make bad choices, live in sin, and outrightly blaspheme him and not recognize him? The greatest sin is, is not knowing God, not recognizing him. He continues to reveal himself to you. I'm here for you. I'm here. I'm here. I'm... Can't you see me through creation, the sun and the moon and the stars? Can't you see me through the people that continue to share with you the love of Christ? And you continue to say, no, Now, I... Moses has made a bad choice, obviously. Did he intend to kill the Egyptian? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say But it seems like he had some maybe anger issues. He saw one of his own people being beaten up by an Egyptian slave driver. Can you just imagine? Like, let's say your distant cousin is working really hard, and then there's a slave driver with a whip, and they're working hard, and he continues to beat, 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 beat. So Moses rises up, and takes control of the situation in his own way. Did he try to kill him? I don't know. But what's the result? The Egyptian is dead. And what does he do? He hides the Egyptian. So obviously he wants to hide his bad choice. How many of you have made a bad choice and wanted to just hide it? Sweep it under the rug. Yes, we've done that. We've done that. I've been there too. You obviously have done something wrong to your spouse. You said a bad thing, giving her a cold shoulder, being passively aggressive, and you just act as if nothing really happened. You deserved it. That's payment for you not getting me Chinese food the other night. You know? (laughs) That's not my story. Uh, It's none of our stories. (laughs) But I like Chinese food. we We like to... Make bad choices and we need we want to just cover them up. That's actually the the nature of our depraved hearts. We are sinful by birth, everyone. You may not like to hear this, but this is true. We have inherited sin even from Adam and Eve, our first ancestors. And we continue to make sinful choices. But again, how does Moses become a person that is used by God to lead the Israelites out of Egypt? He becomes a great leader. Oh, by the way, when Moses leads the people out, uh, Bible scholars and I, I, I agree with them, that he was probably around the age of 80. Any baby boomers in the house? baby boomers. All right, baby, thank you. Praise the Lord. Baby boomers, blessings on you. Blessings, blessings. It's not too late. God can use you. As long as you have breath. Now, Moses wasn't used straight after the murder. He was actually formed and shaped in the wilderness for about 40 years. He went through a type of discipleship process by God, and he he was a person that God would be able to use and to obey. Now, were there ups and downs in his relationship with God? Yes. God says, go. And he said, no, I can't go. If you want to read more, read Exodus. But still, God puts Moses in the hall of fame of faith. Okay? Now, I find this intriguing. Because back in Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 11, we find the writer of Hebrews saying something that has left me puzzled. And I hope we can find the reason behind it. Hebrews 11, verse 27, what does it say? By faith, Moses left Egypt. By faith, he left Egypt. This does not mean he led the Israelites out of Egypt. This was after he murdered the Egyptian slave driver. By faith, he left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. Now, honestly, I don't know what happened the day he committed the murder, made the bad choice, and the day after when the Hebrews, one of the Hebrew men, told him, who are you to judge me? Are you going to kill me also? Because then the king was out to get Moses. The king was angry. I don't know what happened. I would love to know what happened. But I know one thing, that Moses knew God. And that God's plan of redemption had already begun in him. That God was already working in his heart. And that by faith, the Hebrews writer says, he fled Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. I love these redemptive stories because it gives me hope. Does this give you hope? Have you made bad choices in the past and you keep thinking about it again and again? Why did I do that? I should have done this, but why did I do that? Oh, I... I wish I hadn't done this, but I did it anyway. And do you kick yourself for it? Do you punish yourself? Do you put yourself down saying, oh yeah, I'm, I'm just a, a loser. I'm just a good for nothing. Well, let me remind you, God can use a murderer like Moses in his redemptive plan to actually Lead so many people out of slavery into the promised land. This is my story. This is my song. And that's why I praise the Savior all the day long. This is your story. And this should be your song. Because God's redemptive plan is for you today, right now. It doesn't matter what you've done in the past. It doesn't matter what your parents said about you. It doesn't matter what your friends say. It doesn't matter what your Facebook friends say about you because you follow Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That doesn't matter. Because all of heaven and earth, will it will, it will fade away. But the Word of God will remain, and His Word says this, that He loves you, that He is for you, and that if He is for you, nothing can stand against you. So why? Why be timid in your faith? Why not go all in and say, I choose God? I choose your ways, not mine. And if you don't know what God is saying to you, let me advise you to open your Bible. The 66 books of the Bible is readily available. If you don't have a Bible, come to me, I will give you Bibles. We have them ready. And if you don't know how to discern His will, pray. Come to our prayer meetings on Sunday nights and Wednesdays and pray with us throughout the month of March as we do the March of Prayer. Every night we will open the church building and pray together as a body to listen to God, to let him align our hearts to his. I read an article this week. The gentleman's name is Randall Margraves. He's the father of three daughters who were abused by Larry Nassar. A team doctor for the Olympic team. This father, Randall, lunges at Larry Nassar in the courtroom. Think with me. What makes a father... Go after the abuser, the molester, and pervert that has caused harm to his three daughters. What makes a father go after the abuser, the sinner, the molester, and pervert who has caused harm to your three children? Now of course, what he did is unacceptable, because in a, in a courthouse, you need to have order, you need to follow the judge's um, you know, his words. But when we look at the circumstance that this father is in, we begin to see what was going through Moses' heart when he saw his own people being punished, being abused being molested, even. And what would cause him to go after that Egyptian slave driver? I'm not trying to excuse Moses from the the bad choice of murder, but I'm just giving you a bigger scope of understanding. What's going through Moses' mind? What's going through Randall Margraves? Maybe even for you. How can you forgive someone that has hurt you so much? Not once, not twice, but every day. They keep hurting you, abusing you, putting you down. And I'm not suggesting that you go after them and kill them, though you may want to. I'm saying this. God's redemptive plan is not only for Randall Margraves, not only for Moses, but also for Larry Nassar. And you might not like that. It might not agree with you. But that's the scope of God's love. That he would ask you to forgive your enemies. To love them and to pray for them. To pray for people who do not dress like you. Even pray for the Eagles fans today. people that don't look like you, don't have the same color skin as you, people who don't eat the same food as you, people who don't drive the same car as you or or live in the same zip code as you. God's love is expanding. That's the missionary God we serve. That's the heart of God because his kingdom is expanding through the work of his church today, right now. His redemption is not only for Randall or Moses or Larry Nasser. His redemption is for you and for Elisha. The only reason I can stand here and serve you to preach the holy word of God, my goodness, how can I serve you by preaching and teaching the word of God? This is no easy thing. Do you think it's easy coming up here and speaking to you? Well, although you are nice people, (laughs) I tremble before God. You, You know, this position, I want you to remember it, this is where I pray. And oftentimes I have no words for God because I'm at a place of like that no words but god knows my heart he knows the needs he knows the needs of my family the needs of our church he knows what what are, what things are, are, are in front of me and many a times i cry god this is your church and you need to move in mightily and that's why i pray for revival that he would revive us again, that he would help us to have a faith that chooses righteousness and holiness, that we would not base our lives on the bad choices and the sinful choices that we have made in the past, but we would be renewed, transformed, and moved towards Christ-likeness. Continue to pray with me. Are you praying for me? Amen. Thank you. I ask you to double it up. Why? Because my name's Elisha. The double portion. And God is moving. I see it. I see it. I see our body being used of God with a God-sized dream. I see us being active in the community, loving on those who aren't lovable, caring for those have no mom and dad, foster care, orphanages, providing food for those who are hungry, why not? With God's power and with his wisdom and with all of us together going all in, I believe he will accomplish his purposes, amen? The choices that we make today will define who you are tomorrow. Will define who you will be in a month, in a year, ten years' time, and so forth. But what motivates your choices this morning? If it's motivated by a love for self, if it's all about me, then I would recommend you think again. Because as we follow Jesus, we become people that think about other people first, that we would disadvantage ourselves for the advantage of others. And that's the gospel, my friends, the good news is that Jesus did not have to go to the cross and die a painful death. But he chose to. Why? Because he loves you. Can you imagine the blazing hot sun of Israel on that day? Jesus had already been beaten to a pulp. Blood Sweat, being nailed to the cross. Every moment so agonizing, so painful physically and also emotionally. And yet he thought of you. His love went forward 2,000 years and he thought of you, Kim, Patty. Angie, Larry, Mike, Monique, Daryl, Jamie. And for us to say, no, thank you, Jesus. I will have my own way. I will do whatever I want to do, and I choose to live for me. Because that's comfortable. And I... I don't really want to live the way you want me to live. And maybe that's the state of mind you're at right now. That's okay. But let me encourage you this morning. Will you consider one more time of his love, of his grace, of his mercy, and of his forgiveness? Because unless we have Jesus in our hearts, And unless we live an all-in lifestyle that is sold out to him, we will always be lacking. It's just like that Olympian who goes for the prize, but you'll be like an Olympian that works so hard, trains so hard, but to find out there was no prize. The reality of life is this, that we will live forever. And for those who have accepted Jesus and follow him with all of their hearts and earnestly seek him, we will reign with him in heaven. And for those who refuse, God does not send you to hell. It's actually not intended for you. But because you continue to choose against him, then that is the consequence of your choices. And for me, as your pastor, I want you to recognize this. God's plan is not for you to go to hell. He wants all to come to the knowledge of him. I tell you, he's a loving God of redemption, and he's reaching out to you today. He's saying, come. Do you feel lonely? Come. Do you feel isolated? Come. Do you feel depressed? Come. Do you have hurts? come, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest for your souls. And it's an invitation. So as we close our eyes and bow our heads, I want us to spend a moment reflecting on his love. Are you going to choose in faith this morning his way, his will? I believe God is Calling us today. I believe he wants to do a new work. In all of us. And if today is the day. That you know that you want to say yes to Jesus. And no to sin. I'd like you to. Just raise your hand before God. And so that I could recognize it And start brand new God loves you And he has a good Perfect plan for your life God is calling you To say yes to him Yeah, feel free To say yes to him Raise your hand Can stand. Amen. I see that hand. I see that hand. I see that hand. Thank you. Thank you. For those who feel as though your spiritual walk with Jesus is stale, as empty and dry, and you want to start afresh today. Let me give you an opportunity to raise your hand and just say yes to him. His invitation is free. He doesn't impose himself. He loves you. Amen. Thank you, Father, for your grace and everlasting mercy. And we know Lord that we are weak and we ask your Holy Spirit to sweep over this place with your glory and power so that we may have a faith that chooses you all the time thank you for the hands that were raised today bless them Nurture them. Be with them as they continue to look to you for guidance. And we thank you for your great love that has been shown to us on the cross by Jesus Christ, our Lord, our resurrected Savior. It's in your name we pray. Amen.